0: Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, and really excited for today's episode with the Life in the Front Office partnership with University of South Florida's Vinnick Sport and Entertainment Management Program. Uh, presenting the Sports Biz, Building the Next Generation series, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Corey Bernstein and Stephanie Palladino from Minor League Baseball. Corey is the Director of Marketing and Business uh, strategy and Stephanie the director of Mark uh, partnership marketing so uh, excited to have both of you join us and share a little wisdom about motivation and not only yourself but others behind you so welcome to the podcast. Thank you
1: thanks for having us. Beyond. Thanks Jack.
0: Let's, let's kind of start off with just a quick rundown of, of your background and how you got to where you are and, and ultimately from a motivation standpoint, maybe what has driven you uh, personally to get to uh, what you're doing now.
1: Corey? Yeah, so uh, again, thanks, Shank, for having us on. Um, so I'm born and raised in Orlando, Florida, and there were two moments where I didn't know it at the time, but ideally now, kind of sparked a lot of ideation and a lot of, um, I think, homegrown passion for sports and entertainment. One, I grew up 10 minutes away from Disney World. Uh, So when you think about being close to the Mecca, you get to experience um, arguably one of the best uh, entertainment um, companies in the world. And so being cognizant about customer service, memories, and using um, your resources to kind of create this fan experience uh, was one. 2 um, dating myself a little bit, but I also grew up when the Orlando Magic was started and launched. Uh, so Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott, the whole crew. Um, I saw firsthand how a, a sports team can actually work with a community, uh, and each one of them can rally behind each other. So through that, I um, was always a fan of sports, I played baseball in college. I quickly realized the goal of pitching is not to actually throw the best pitches to the hitter. Uh, So I realized after four years, um, my career would probably come to an end. Uh, So I had this innate understanding of business and the sport of baseball. Um, So I quickly realized that the business of sports was something I wanted to get into. Uh, So I went to a D2 school um, and always had this chip on my shoulder of trying to build something. And so went to grad school at the University of Central Florida uh, DeVos program uh, under the leadership of Dr. Richard Lapchick, uh, and then realized that, you know, sport uh, can actually be a really incredible platform for social justice. And through there, met with Pat O'Connor, who's, you know, a high alum such as yourself um, in the creation of MILB Enterprises, which is basically the commercial arm for MILB was formed after I graduated from grad school. So it aligned with everything that I was going for to help build something, uh, create a legacy, and every single day, and it continues to today, uh, you have the opportunity to do something for the first time ever, um, which is kind of a big passion point and, and the ticker for me personally.
0: Stephanie, you have a little bit of a different background in the sense of, uh, you know, coming from the marketing and the agency side, and, and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely, no. Uh, very different background than than Corey, which is great. Um, you know, to to have such diverse people within minor league baseball. So um, my path, um, you know, I'm actually born and raised in Singapore. Um, so I grew up um, overseas, and my parents are uh, originally from the Chicagoland area. So grew up with a lot of Chicago um, kind of sports affinity, but had never obviously really gotten to experience it uh, live and also dating myself pre-internet uh, days. So it wasn't you know, very easily accessible uh, being that far. So uh, once we ended up you know, moving to the States, uh, you know I'd always kind of been an athlete uh, playing sports um, and then ended up going to the University of Michigan. So I certainly saw what a kind of powerhouse program uh, how it operates, uh, not only from the fan side, but then you know became really interested in in the business side of it. So uh, while I was there, I was always interested in in marketing, but never really understood the the sports marketing path um, until that point. So, I interned for the athletic department and and through some other various internships uh, throughout my undergrad years, really kind of graduated knowing that, you know, sports marketing is what I wanted to do. So I felt really, you know, blessed to find that out pretty early, um, you know, early in my career. And uh, the second thing I knew was that I wanted to move to New York City. Um, So I moved to New York without uh, without a job uh, after graduating and said, you know, I'm going to figure it out. Um, And so soon enough, I landed a gig at a, a small boutique marketing agency doing um, you know, really event branding uh, and, and marketing strategy for leagues and, and federations. So a lot with international soccer as well as the National Hockey League. So I was there for about five years, which I think was probably one of the, the you know, most development I could have probably gone through in five years. Working at a small agency, you know, I really got to experience so many different things uh, and be a part of so many different projects. Um, And after about five years, I I kind of thought, well, one, you know, I I absolutely love this industry. So similar to Corey, went back to school uh, while uh, while working. I got my master's in sports management from Columbia. Um, And then at the same time, uh, kind of found out about an opportunity to join um, Endeavor at the time. Well, actually, it was WME IMG at the time. Now it's Endeavor, and now what my group would be a part of is 160 over 90, so a lot of name changes, but basically joined, um, you know, pretty soon after the merger happened, uh, and so had a really unique opportunity to kind of be an internal consultant to the own agency uh, to help kind of move along, you know, their athletes, their brands, and um, their properties um, all at the same time and, and kind of connect the dots. So. Um, that was an amazing experience as well, kind of going a complete 180. Um, so going from really small agency to probably the largest one um, in the world with all the resources at, at your fingertips. Um, and then some you know, life changes happened. My, my husband uh, took us down here to, to Tampa where I am now. Um, and so while here I stayed within the agency uh, realm, but wanted to get a little bit more specific in the digital world. So I uh, worked for a digital marketing agency here in Tampa soon realized that uh, while the, the knowledge was incredible, and, and I'm really fortunate to have that you know as, as a skill set now, it wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be forever. Um, and second to that, I was really missing the passion I felt working within sports and entertainment. So um, I am about two months here into uh, minor league baseball, which is pretty wild. Uh, but certainly the stars aligned and, and kind of made, you know, my entire kind of past experience uh, uh, come to fruition here, here at Minor League.
0: So from Big Blue to the Big Apple, you've made a quite a few moves to down south now. And, you know, I, it's interesting. You you hear both of your stories um, and your career paths thus far. And there had to have been people that have helped you along the way or kind of helped pave the way. You know, Corey, you mentioned Pat. Um, and it's funny, we, we all kind of, you know, I went to Ohio, Corey, you went to UCF, Stephanie, you went to, to Columbia, and yet uh, we're on the, the, the podcast talking about South Florida. And, you know, it's funny how the, the, the worlds kind of collide, right, in, in different ways. And uh, both of you are, are professors, uh, as well as, as myself in the sense of, of wanting to give back, teach others that are behind you, um, and, and be able to educate uh, those about you know the experiences that you've had, but you know one I would say enlighten us a little bit about kind of what motivates you to give back in that sense from an educational perspective, um, because it's not just a, a, an easy, uh, quick hobby right after after school hours per se, um, or or after work hours, but it's it's really uh, it takes kind of the 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 time and the energy and the effort to really want to teach uh, others. So. Uh, Corey, uh if you want to start in, in terms of just you know what motivates you uh to to ultimately give back and and pay it forward for for those that are uh coming behind you
1: yeah first and foremost you want to give some love to USF VSEM program sure. uh, after all that <laughs> after all that talk Dr. Harrell and and Dr. Sutton would be uh would be upset but they do a phenomenal job and so about 3 years ago uh Dr. Sutton came to me and and asked if if I would um I would like to teach sport, sport and entertainment marketing at USF. And it was always, uh, always had a passion for it, uh, similar to Steph. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of signs that kind of pointed towards things that you always wanted to try. And so this was a great opportunity to do so. Um, after three years of been able to kind of teach 120 students uh, that are coming from a range of different backgrounds, I would say USF's very global and diverse. Uh, We have numerous countries uh, representing, you know, more than 20 countries around the world, at least in our classes. Um, So for me, selfishly, they always say teaching is learning twice. Um, So I get to learn quite a bit from a lot of these next generation leaders, which is very refreshing. Um, So for me, that's, that's, you know, what I'm getting out of it. Uh, I think for the students, too, it's important to give back because I think Steph and I are coming in with a little bit of a a real world application. Um, So there's, while there's a lot of academia and theoretical um, marketing foundational elements that are very important for the students, we also really balance it with the practicality. And so we bring in a lot of guest speakers, a lot of real world projects that they're presenting to the athletic director and their team at USF or professional organizations around Tampa Bay. Um, So I believe the passion is that we're making, we're making a lasting imprint. Um, but also we balance out with the practicality and the academic side with, I think more on the personal and professional development. So, you know, LinkedIn tutorials, how does that work? Uh, following up with connections, building true relationships. So we're really kind of approaching it as kind of a holistic uh, sense of making better sports business professionals. And truth, truth be told, if, if sports coming in, it's like, Hey, I want to, you know, I really like the Red Sox and I want to work in sports that's totally fine. But at the end of the semester, if you find out that sports isn't something that you might not want to get into anymore, I think that's a win too. And establishing what you don't want to do. So from my side, that, that's kind of, you know, the the pathway on the teaching side.
0: Yeah. You touched on in the sense of, you know, just the motivation for wanting to work in the sports industry. Right. I think, you know, you know, to some extent, both of you kind of mentioned that you love sports, but there's now that you're into your career, there's much more than, you know, to it than just working in sports, right? It is, um, it's whether it's the partnerships and the marketing and the relationships and doing something from scratch, kind of like you talked about, Corey, and, and something new and innovative. So there's a lot more that goes beyond it. And when you kind of peel the onion layers back, um, you have to really dig deep into why someone wants to do you know, what they want to do in sports because, um, like you said, you've, you've taught 120 kids. There's not 120 jobs all just laying out there for them, right, in, in the sense of there's also 120 kids at another school and another school and another school. So uh, to your point, it, it can really help um, uh, you know, the, the industry as a whole. You, know, you get plenty of interns that come in and intern classes that go in and out. And sometimes it's a good process for them to learn what they do and don't like, and, and that's okay if they don't like it, right? Because uh, it isn't always the grit, the you know, the glit and the glamour that everyone talks about. Um, so, Stephanie, in terms of of how you've been able to try and pay it forward through your your teaching opportunities at well as well at, at USF, you know, what kind of comes to mind?
2: Yeah, I think um, you know Corey brought up some some really good points, and I think the one thing I always thought about was. In my master's program, uh, when I was applying, it was actually a part-time only program, so um, they they didn't you know have a full-time option. So everyone was working while while going to school. That that's changed now, but um, so all of my you know my colleagues were working in the industry, going to school, and all of our professors were adjunct professors. So they were still um, you know very influential in the sports community. And to me, I found that to be extremely powerful and, and kind of comparing that to my undergrad while, you know, to Corey's point, the, the foundation and, and the principles of marketing and all of that are, are certainly important. Um, but once you're working in the real world, it's, it's really important to understand what that actually means. Um, and, and I certainly got that from, from my program. And so it was something that I similarly wanted to be able to provide to, to students as well. I think certainly, especially, you know, an undergrad, you know, maybe not necessarily having too many internships under your belt at this point, working in sports is definitely the sexy, shiny thing. Um, And and there's a lot more that certainly goes into it that I don't think, um, you know, many students necessarily think about right off the bat. Um, So I know one thing that I always try and do is bring in a lot of other experts from around industry, whether that's people working at teams, at leagues, brands, agencies, you know, all, all the different sides of it, um, because when people say, I want to work at sports, especially at USF, the number one thing is, oh, I want to work at the Lightning, which is great, as Corey said, great to have, you know, that that in mind, but there's also many, many other different ways to get involved, because to your point, there's maybe going to be one job available, uh, and, and hundreds of thousands of people applying for it, so making them understand, you know, really what working in sports means and, and all the different avenues that are available to them. Um, and then also trying to figure out, you know, if, if that is something that, that they wanna do, understanding that the sports industry is something that you don't like it, you don't love it, you have to live it. Um, and so I think that that's always been something that I've tried to, tried to share and, and, you know, make students kind of understand that, you know, we are in a very interesting industry that we are selling passion. Um, so you also have to have that passion. It's not just kind of a another nine to five job. So uh, I think being able to kind of share those types of opportunities and those stories, um, you know, is, is certainly what I was given. Um, and, you know, obviously, therefore, want to make sure that I'm giving that back as well to, to people who are learning it younger than than I did. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, and you mentioned the passion piece, right? Because obviously, passion and purpose, um, it goes without saying for anyone. And, and I think, one of the solutions in trying to figure out, you know, how you you stay motivated to work in the industry, um, or, you know, ultimately uh, continue to grow in the industry is to figure out your why, right? And the why is always gonna change. Uh, It's gonna be ever evolving. But as you, the process in which you figure out your why is never an easy one, right? And I'd be lying if I said I knew what my why was, right? It's it's always, you know, always evolving, always changing. and as you learn and go through different experiences, meet different people, uh, it, it's going to change as well. So what advice do you give to, to those that are either just starting out in their career or they're in grad school, they're an undergrad about finding your why? Because I'm sure, you know, especially at a younger age, it's, it's certainly hard to grasp uh, the concept, but, but you gotta start somewhere, right? Stephanie?
2: Yeah, um, absolutely, no, I think, Finding your why is probably something you will do every day, maybe every year, every job that you get, it, it will certainly change and especially as you go through different life stages, um, you know your why will will constantly be evolving. So thinking about it when when you're just kind of starting out in your career is, is really trying to figure out the things that are are, are non-negotiables for you. What, what are the things that you? Um, must have in, 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 you know, starting out in your career and, and in your first job. Um, so thinking about companies' values, um, I think often are um, not forgotten about, but it's so important to make sure that where you are working uh, aligns with uh, everything that you believe in. And I think in times like today, you know, you're really seeing company values on display and, and very publicly. So um, it's a good opportunity to, to kind of monitor those and, and look at those. And two, I think, you know, having understanding your interests. Um, So, you know, whether it's you love marketing, great. What part of marketing do you love? Um, Is it the partnership part? Is it licensing? Is it digital? Is it social media? There's so many different parts of marketing. And so, understanding what it is you really love about it will help you kind of um, further narrow your career interests. And especially when you're kind of networking and, and interviewing, you know, one of the things I, I, I don't like when I hear is when someone's like, oh yeah, I'm looking for a job in marketing. Great. What are you interested in doing? Uh, anything. I'll do anything. I love all marketing. And it's, that's not true. You don't. I, I can say I don't love all parts of marketing either, right? So I think really trying to figure out what you love about it and, and why you love that thing um, you know, will just help you kind of again further n- narrow your interests and and really have you be able to speak more passionately and eloquently about um, you know about that next phase.
0: Corey, Corey, what's your why? Oh man, oh, that's a moving
1: uh, that's, a, that's a moving target. Um, I I would just add to to Steph's point um, that that's an ever evolving. Kind of, kind of placement, but I, but I do think it is rooted in, in kind of your core values and self-awareness. I think is is extremely important. Um, but also for young students, the pressure not to clearly know what you're going to do in like 30 years either. You know, when, when someone asks you what do you do what do you want to do in your career, and you're like, uh, I want to be a GM or a CMO. Well, at the time that might make sense, but also don't want to force that upon someone. But I think it's more of to Steph's point. Um, I like giving back to the community, I like building relationships, and then going from there to find optimal positions um, for you to find it, and and to find new paths that kind of feeds into that inner um, motivation. But, you know, finding your why, too, I I think it also goes back to trying new things. Um, I think at MILB, we've been fortunate where, you know, we're, we're not the largest league organization. Um, in in St. Petersburg, Florida, we probably have about 60 people. So with that, that affords a lot of us to kind of get our hands and and be exposed to a lot of different things and to try a lot of different things. So for young people that might be going into ticket sales or something specific to community initiatives, while that job is the job that you're there for, um, I think it's also super important to build relationships with people outside of that department uh, to see how your job is actually impacting and influencing theirs, so you get a broader feel for the organization. And then, lastly, I would just say it: uh, what's worked for me is kind of have like a board of directors um, that internally you can ask for, you know, really sage and, and transparent advice on, hey, here's a new position or this is a tough decision I need to make it work. What what are your thoughts? So I think surrounding yourself with um, really good people uh, is also something that's benefited me on this continuous pursuit, um, but it's been a fun ride
0: yeah I think you could read diamond's next book probably five times and still not know what your why is so uh, you know I, I think when you think about it, Corey, you were talking about you know your board of directors and you know uh, someone who's just starting out would say well what if what if I don't know anyone right can your boss be on the board of directors like where do you start right and and the people don't necessarily have to be in sports, right? It'd be great if they are, and they don't have to be in your organization. Sometimes it's actually better if they're not in your organization. Um, Can you go, you know, touch on a little bit on on what your strategy is in terms of forming your board of directors, knowing that it might need to change as well as you move throughout different parts of your career, right? Like Stephanie, you're you're in the baseball side of things now. You might need someone in your board of directors in the baseball world as opposed to when you're in the agency world, so um if you want to start off uh, start off with kind of your strategy on building your board of directors corey
1: yeah you know some 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 tactical advice and we always say this is today you can whether it's linkedin email um other dms on other platforms the the fact is you have the accessibility and the entries of barriers uh to reach out to anybody um, so, that could go all the way to Mark Cuban, all the way to us three on this podcast. Um, so, I think getting over the fear of the accessibility is one. Two is just really be thoughtful and genuine about your outreach. Um, because, to Steph's point, you know, someone reaching out and saying, Hey, I want a job, um, usually not the best uh, first question or, or request. So, looking at, you know, Mark Cuban, reimbursing his employees that shop small in the dallas metro area you know finding really natural authentic touch points to send a note um because usually professionals can kind of sniff that out when it's authentic so to your point also you know if corporate partnerships is something of interest you know look for someone who might be running an organization you know it could be a cro but then also look for someone who might be just starting out I, i do find that the the dual approach provides you with a little bit more of a perspective. Um, and then also to your point, Jake, is, is diversify it. And sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's, it's unconscious um, about the diversity of the people that you're interacting with. Uh, so I think being intentional about that in terms of race, gender, sexual orientation, uh, but then also the, the diversity of thought and the type of work they're doing, I think
0: really being intentional about that's important. Stephanie, anything to add on that as, as you've gone about, you know, building your board of directors uh, and, and ultimately, you know, you, when you talk about geographic location, Corey, I think is Florida, Orlando through and through, but, you know, you've, you've kind of moved around a bit and, and having people in different locations, I think is key as well, right? To understand kind of the different cultures and to, to Corey's point, um, different perspectives. Any, any extra thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I haven't gotten any single job um, without being connected to that person. And, you know, I I think it's just a testament to the power of networking, which I know is said over and over again. But I think, you know, I, I can give myself as, you know, prime example, when we moved to Tampa two years ago, I did not know one person in Tampa, Um, And I didn't know anyone working in the sports industry here, anyone working in any realm of anything in Tampa. So my network was in New York and I had built my network in New York. But I was a part of a networking group there called WISE, Women in Sports and Events. And we could do a whole other podcast on that too. But um, just to keep it short here, when I moved... Um, I connected with some of the women who were running Wise National and and asked who they knew in Tampa, who who they could connect me with, got a few connections out there and then learned that they were um, trying to launch uh, a chapter. Down here, so uh, I, along with Dr. Harold, um, who is now obviously the the president of Wise uh, Tampa Bay, you know, helped to to kind of launch uh, launch the chapter, especially having um, you know been a member and and sit on the uh, national business development committee as well. So. Through, I would say, WISE, that was how I was connected, um, you know, to to teaching at USF. It's how I was connected to Corey initially about two years ago. Um, It's how I really kind of got connected throughout, you know, a really wide array of people here in Tampa and and not necessarily in, in sports. And even just taking this position with minor league baseball as an example, uh, I reached out to a lot of people in my WISE Tampa community and, and just talked about the position, what their impressions were of the organization, and obviously got nothing but, but glowing reviews. And, and so here I am today. So I just think the, the power of, of you know, reaching out and, and being authentic in your connections while networking is, uh, you know, is certainly the only way that, that you end up getting a job these days.
0: Well, and, and both of you and in, in both of those examples were motivated to be uncomfortable, right? To kind of put yourself in these vulnerable sure. situations uh, to expose yourself, but then ultimately know that good things will come at the end. Um, you know, a, as you've thought about how you stay motivated um, and, and then also motivated to make others around you better, um, What's what's one thing that comes to mind in terms of whether it's a skill set, a perspective, uh, that ultimately helps drive you forward uh, on a day-to-day basis. And uh, again, it's obviously gonna, gonna change uh, from location to job to uh, whomever you're working with, but, but what about kind of right now? Cory? Um, from, the,
1: from the management side, I, I will say what the, the light bulb was, I work for them um and i'll elaborate a little bit is is basically our job is to unlock the potential and the and the greatness of who we uh technically uh, oversee um so you know i I have a pretty young staff and being in tune with what makes them tick um you know we recently did a, a survey with them on listing out what the motivational factors are for your job and it's everything from pay to title to relationship with manager, professional development, and every single one of them, pay and title was not as important as you would think. It was all rooted in how am I growing as a person and, and as a professional? Um, what are my relationships with my other employees and my manager? Uh, and, and basically company values to Steph's earlier point. You know, it, So I think really figuring out what makes them tick and dedicating the time one-on-one, um, because a lot of them are seeing life changes, uh, they're having kids, they're buying homes, um, they're getting married. So what was making them motivated when they first started to what is now making them motivated uh, could be completely different. So I think really having a pulse on that uh, has been some tactical you know, things that I have learned and, and implemented as a manager. Um, and then also, you know, we're in challenging times, you know, these are fluid times. So it's a, it's making us embrace the evolution and, and being comfortable being uncomfortable to your point, Jake. Uh, so it's been, it's been awesome to see the team kind of rise and thrive uh, across the board. Um, so painting a picture to them, while there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questions unanswered. This is a really um, Important time for them to kind of grow as professionals. And they don't see it right now, uh, but I know later on they're they're learning a ton of key takeaways that they can continue implementing.
0: Stephanie, Corey brought up a great point from a management perspective. As as you, you know, either manage people now or, or have managed in the past, um, it, it's certainly an important important aspect of uh, how you are able to not only help yourself. Uh, I think. Corey alluded to earlier in the episode that you, when you teach, you're learning twice uh, or something of that sort. I think it was. And, and so, from from a management perspective, um, you know, you're you're in a sense learning your job to some extent uh, a second time as well, right? Like, what are how how do you go about making sure that you manage uh, with motivation as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, it really comes down to passion. Um, and I think if you can surround yourself with a diverse team of incredible people that are all geared towards the same passion, all you have to do is get out of the way and and people will just thrive in in those types of environments. And and that's where I've always found the most success for myself is, again, if I can get up and go to work and just truly love what I'm doing and, and see that end result, Um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily feel as much like work. And so I think that's where the, you know, the pay and the title and and that stuff just doesn't become as important. Obviously it's still important, but if you're not loving what you're doing, but you're getting paid a lot and have a fancy title, you're still not going to be happy. So, um, you know, I think to that point, if, if you can make sure people are truly doing what they're passionate about, um, and then allowing them the runway to do it, um, there's no better way to let people kind of spread their wings and fly, I think.
0: Yeah, it, you couldn't have said any better. And, and as we kind of wrap up the episode, one last question for you guys, as you think about, um, you know, I'll, I'll use an academic, uh, academia term here and intrinsic intrinsic, and extrinsic motivation uh, from a reward standpoint. You know, obviously you put the ego aside. Uh, the intrinsic is a lot, a lot more rewarding than the extrinsic one. Um, as you think about not only the people that you've, uh, whether it's your board of directors um, or or those that you work with now uh, or have in the past, um, what are some of the similarities you see across intrinsic and extrinsic motivation amongst successful uh, individuals within the industry? You want to go, Steph?
2: Uh, for me, I think it's authenticity. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, seeing your name out there is 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 great and but you know if it's not something that you are again excited about or or something you feel like you truly earned um you know it 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 won't have as much you know kind of excitement i think you know if you instead have you know have been super passionate about this project and you grind it so hard and you finally see it come to life and then there's accolades for it you know that's all the better um, so I think it, you know, it really comes down to, you know, what, what's important to you, uh, again, kind of going back to those values, but, um, you know, what's important to you and then, you know, really having that authentically, um, you know, come through, I think I'd much rather have someone, you know, kind of give me praise or, you know, for, for something that I truly, you know, poured my blood, sweat and tears into, um, than something that, you know, I could just ride on someone else's coattails. Right. So. Um, I think it's just, you know, the, an, the authenticity really shines through and it's evident, um, that people want to gravitate around that. And, and, those are the types of stories that will end up getting, bub- you know, that will bubble up and, and you'll kind of see more out in the press if, if that's kind of what you're looking for.
0: Corey, any last thoughts as we wrap up the episode?
1: I would just add that was, that was beautifully said. And, and I would say do things without the expectation that you're going to get something in return. Um, I think that goes a very long way. And especially for students, you know, how can you build up that rapport? How can you really, truly get to know someone um, on a personal standpoint? So when that job comes up, um, they're, you're top of mind for them. And, you know, hey, based on what I know about Steph, she would be perfect for this role. So I, I think that um, is a big, big lesson, I think for a lot of people, uh, of just doing something without the expectation of anything in return.
0: Well, I gotta say, yeah. you couldn't have said it any better, both of you, um, and, and I certainly appreciate the advice, insights, and, and lessons learned today for those who, you know, think about motivation in, in multiple different uh, perspectives, and I uh, want to thank you for being a part of the uh, Life in the Front Office and University of South Florida uh, partnership in, in with the and the Sports and Entertainment Management Program uh, with the Sports Biz Building the Next Generation Series. So, you got it. Jeffrey, Stephanie, appreciate it.
2: <laughs> Thanks so much, Thanks, Jake. Jake.
0: <laughs> thank you.